0: Welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve, I'm Bill I am uh, Steve Movies talk, so let's talk movies Let us talk those movies Steve, how are you doing this week?
1: I'm doing really well Uh got almost all of the shooting done for the Survivors The Indiegogo for the Survivors is a success We're at like 584 bucks Whoa, which is-
0: shit, I didn't know that
1: yeah, it's like at 84 bucks above what I was looking for. In fact, let me look it up real quick while I'm talking. But that's cool. Uh, it made goal, and then someone else got a couple, like a Blu-ray, and then someone else got like the big collection thing. And it's just it's just really neat. I had a good week of shooting last week. Uh, you know, Wednesday we shot the opening, which I uh, already talked about. You know, it was the Scream parody. And um, then on Saturday we filmed some more stuff. We filmed the uh, killing of the slashers. Spoilers, some of the slashers die. No way. And that went well, and then Sunday we filmed the return of Wolfster. Dave Collins, he is back, finally back. A small, very small group of people have been begging for Dave to come back, and goddamn has he returned in a way that I don't believe anyone was expecting. Because even just posting the pictures on Facebook had some fans that, I've seen the original Wolfster say stuff ranging from, Oh my god, yes to, holy shit, wow because i put some money into this makeup and i think it looks great it does look very great yeah we're at 606 dollars wow that's
0: fantastic
1: 121 percent funded that covers the cost of the makeup and the costumes and the cost of like dvds and blu-rays i'm gonna have to buy and ship so thank you folks who contributed you guys are cool there are you, no one's going to hear this in time. At the time of recording, there's still 55 hours left, so there's a chance it'll go higher. I'm not expecting it to, and it really doesn't need to. This was not, like, a major project that I was trying to super-push like hair as hell. This was just a little fan-wank short film I'm making, and I'm glad that enough people cared enough to give me the 500 plus dollars So thank you to everyone who did contribute who's listening. And if you didn't contribute, that's okay. You can still watch the movie for free and run ad block. And I will get no money, and I will use my <laughs> home. Uh, That sounds fantastic. And <laughs> now everyone's sad. Well, no, the joke's so... on you,
0: because that Indiegogo is going to go to, like, $12,000, and then you'll have enough money to make Carousel.
1: <laughs> if this Indiegogo went to $15,000, I would absolutely also use that money for Carousel. There you go. In a heartbeat.
0: <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, people can get more than they bargained for. 55 hours! 55 <laughs> hours, that's, that's like, uh, 500 an hour. Five hundred dollars. That's do probably, probably more. That's probably more than what you need, though. So don't don't give him that much.
1: Uh, no, please, please do.
0: No, I'll, I'll only give Any like... extra
1: will go towards Steve paying off his credit cards. Hey guys,
0: yeah, hey, I've seen people run Indiegogos and GoFundmes for less. <laughs>
1: At least you guys are also getting a movie.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Instead of just uh, being lied to about your house being repossessed or something.
1: Yep. So yeah, good week. Uh no lies. All happiness, struggling putting together a wedding. How are you doing, Bill?
0: Uh, I uh, fuck that wedding bullshit. That sounds like garbage. Um, my life is way more stressful than that. Uh, I just work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're you're probably right. Right, right.
0: no, just been working. Not a whole lot else. smart work. Um, watch some movies during that. Just got, just always always uh, in the process of watching stuff. Going, oh yeah, I have that as I look. at <laughs> my movie collection. Because I, I just buy stuff a lot of times and forget I buy it. Uh, other than that, I don't think there's a whole lot going on. I went to the... Uh, my local uh, game store had the Superman Wonder Woman Hero Clicks pre-release tournament. Mm-hmm.
1: How was that? Uh, it was
0: fine. Uh, we ended up having enough... Uh, the store was able to get two cases and we had, enough, we had just enough people so we could do a... Instead of doing the recommended draft format that WizKids recommended for the previous year, we'll do like a two booster sealed so everyone got two boosters and got to do sealed. I think
1: booster sealed is way better than draft i fucking hate draft
0: um i don't know. i see I, the
1: appeal but i don't i hate it. auction
0: draft yeah that's. I, I don't know if you've ever done auction
1: draft i haven't but i've heard of it explain to the audience uh
0: auction draft is basically uh when you pay let's say you pay 30 bucks basically you buy your two boosters you put and then everyone's boosters go into the pool then you get like roughly 30 dollars worth of ch- like either poker chips or one of my friends uh, who does this routinely is how... Well, I'm not going to say what he does is bad, but like when the store does it for a tournament, it annoys me. Um, you get a, poke, a stack of poker chips, like, you know, uh, white, blue, red, and denominations. nominations basically rounds up to, you know, quote, unquote, $30. And basically, um, someone opens... The judge or whoever opens a booster, pulls it out, and then you basically start bidding on first pick. And then whoever uh, wins the pick for the last pick gets the pick... Uh, gets first pick... No wait, never mind. I'll take that back because that—that's how my friend does it. My friend's auction draft—he does his house on his own time. It's not a store. It's not like a store-related thing. He just does it for fun. He'll basically buy some cases and has everyone come over, chip in a bit. And for his auction draft, if you win the last figure in the pack that's pulled, you get a pick up the next booster. And sometimes he has multiple sets. Like the next one will be uh, the Nick Fury, Agents of Shield, and Superman, Wonder Woman. But he always has like a bunch of old boosters and old gravity feeds and stuff. So if you want like a chance of getting something out of those, you can as well. His is more fun because it's more of a casual environment and we can do, like, ridiculous, stupid shit with it. But That's at the cool. store, the reason I hate the format is because it sometimes just takes forever. Because mm-hmm. everyone's, like, opening a booster. Oh, what's that? What's that? What's that? I wish it was just open a booster. Okay, start bidding. Go. Go do it now. No asking what the fuck's on the card. Just fucking bid for the shit. You're taking too long.
1: All right, we got comments Sume Kama. Sumei Kama. Yeah, yeah, $5, $5, $5, yeah, $5, $6, exactly.
0: $6. Exactly. And it's just like, come on. Just because not only that, because then then everyone has to get their figures. Then everyone has to build a team. Then we have to play three rounds. Sealed yeah. seal, and see, I like sealed anyways because basically, I, it's basically like I bought two boosters and just played some games with them.
1: Yeah, that's what I like about it. It's it's sealed booster tournaments to me are like the most laid back tournaments by comparison. Because it's just like, hey, look the draw, I just bought a couple of Boosters, let's play with these new fun pieces I just got You know, it's it's more innocent to me, and that's kind of What I like about it.
0: It's the same way with Magic I'm always better with Sealed than I am with anything else Because I, when I have Sealed, I know it's in front of me I can work with what I have in front of me Drafting, it's like, well here's some stuff Uh, I guess I'll take this, I got passed Some more stuff, uh, well now the stuff I got passed Does not work at all with what I'm fucking pulling Yeah. So then they seem to being fucked Sealed I'm, I'm the best with, that's why I was That's why I was, uh, undefeated with War of Light
1: Mm-hmm
0: because I knew it, I well, I I always will say sealed can come down to, to to luck as well, depending on what you pull. It absolutely does. But there's been plenty of times where I just pulled, I thought garbage, and I did pretty well with it. Like this, I, like at the Superman Wonder Woman tournament, uh, I thought I pulled garbage. My first game, yes, it was garbage, but I um, I got no points that first game. But the second two games, I just swept the field. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, that was yeah, I that. remember
1: back in the day when I was more into clicks, I did the uh, the Hulk set. Uh, sealed tournaments, and I pulled, uh, his wife, whose name I don't remember, cause I don't give a fuck, and, like, two really just shitty pieces that also kind of fit on the team with her, and I used her cause she was the only bruiser I pulled, ended up wiping the whole goddamn tournament, just yeah. cause they all worked really well together, and I would have never thought of that if I didn't, like, do it in a sealed.
0: Yeah, exactly, sealed, so I, yeah, I can look at what I got, I can try, I can look at pieces, you know, piece something together and plus i like sealed because i'll usually i'll usually end up playing pieces i'll never play again
1: yeah that's the other nice thing with sealed that no. forces me to use pieces that i may not usually use yeah one thing i kind
0: of miss about doing battle that at, at, at um, gen con just you know there's, hey, there's all these like, just sets upon sets of stuff or whatever and it's like here's pieces i'll probably never play again but you know let's play it for this moment yeah check it out <laughs> so yeah, other than that, that's been about probably the highlight of the week. Got Halloween coming up. I got a great Halloween costume. I thought people are gonna gonna shit their pants. Awesome. This is absolutely probably the most work I've ever put into a costume
1: for anything. I look forward to it. I hope it's Alan Scott.
0: Uh no, Okay, maybe it is. I don't know. Well, maybe I'll, I'll go around sucking dick and taking dick in the
1: ass, and maybe. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a you're joke. Going to, you're going to find someone you're in love with, propose to them, then they're going to immediately die. And your sexuality will never come into question again I don't and know what's more offensive The entire thing came off as like a huge PR stunt I don't know what's more offensive
0: My, my uh, equation that all gay people are just cocksucking loving people That I just can't get enough of it Or uh, the fact that the the actually sem- well, kind of well-written gay character Gets their, their lover just murdered immediately, immediately. And, then, and then it's just forgotten
1: Well, I mean, what you said is just a fact
0: It's <laughs> true, it is <laughs> That's I'm what the like, internet tells me.
1: Elaine likes to take me to the gay bar sometimes, but as soon as I walk in, just immediately guys will sucking my dick, and I'm just like, whoa, no thank you, but okay.
0: I mean, I guess it depends on the gay bar you go to.
1: Pretty much just I've heard some people talk bar. to go to
0: some some gay bars, it's just like, TV's everywhere,
1: playing nothing but just gay fucking. <laughs> uh, one time I did go to a gay bar, and it was looping the entire dance scene from Nightmare Elm Street 2. <laughs> That's the greatest bar period I've ever been to in my life. You know what the better
0: bar would be? The better bar would be just looping uh the dance scene from uh Friday the 13th part 4 the final <laughs> chapter.
1: <laughs> Can we do both?
0: Yeah, it just one side of the room is playing that, the other side of the room is playing.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. So, we're going to Bill and I are going to buy a bar. Yes. <laughs> and this is our theme. Fantastic. So, we're retiring forever
0: forever podcast is over guys sorry come 2020 though you better have that money ready
1: <laughs> better have that fucking money ready because then the we're mark. gonna be super famous and you're gonna be like oh i never knew that steven zinski and bill murphy did a podcast let's just look. it's 5.99 an episode why didn't i download them all five years ago you
0: fucking idiots you are goddamn morons are. that's what you are. Um, you mentioned this earlier, and I wanted to bring it up, kind of, because it clicked in my head. I wonder how many years we're going to be before someone at the Oscars is thanking Kickstarter Indiegogo for their success. (laughs) Uh, that's a really uh, fair question. Because I'm sure, because obviously a lot of people make movies, make their funding, either through, you know, obviously Patreon, Indiegogo, Kickstarter. I look forward to, like, 10, 15 years from now where there's some some director who's got high acclaim, winning the best director, best directing Oscar, saying, okay, I want to thank my manager, I want to thank Kickstarter... (laughs) If that's even gonna be a thing in 15 years
1: Uh Pussyfucker69x5x Thank you for being the top donator As everyone knows The top donate uh, perk Was that I would say your screen name at the Oscars Pussy liquor, You're the winner
0: Ladies man 437.
1: <laughs> That is a hell of a reference I know uh, It's uh, still legitimately funny to me to this day though Good I still thought it was really funny that a gigantic Decepticon was saying Ladies Man 417. Yep. <laughs> that's
0: my go that's my go to uh like if I'm referencing like a screen name online it's always
1: Ladies Man 417, like 417 a, or whatever it is. It's a great screen name. It really is <laughs> a great funny screen name. It's so simple but it works. You know it's so simple but it works.
0: What the films from Disney in the 1980s
1: Yeah! Welcome to another episode of Disney Magic. This is the wonderful world of Bill and Steve. Fumble through all the Disney films that we didn't (laughs) know existed. And Steve kind of regrets bringing up this topic because he thought I was going to be far more prepared every episode. And is just slammed with dozens of films that even he has never heard of in his life. The so... cat from outer
0: space.
1: <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! Ah, <laughs> uh, Scandalous John. Why aren't you on Blu-ray yet? Yeah, I need that. Come on, Disney, open up that
0: vault. <laughs> I need that.
1: Uh, too bad, Walt. Walt.
0: Loved that film so much, he was buried
1: with it. <laughs> All every copy. <laughs> Bury me with my Scandalous John. That's not the one he meant. <laughs> Ah, uh, so, let us, we're jumping into the 80s, we left off with the 70s with a whole lot of weird stuff.
0: The Biscuit Eater.
1: Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, uh, Soggy Biscuits. Okay. Ride a Wild Pony. Oh, God. Uh, no deposit, no return. They uh, mean come.
0: I, 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 I hope someday when I become a pr- uh, porn producer, I'm gonna have so many good titles for movies. So many
1: good titles. Don't forget the one little Indian, or the barefoot executive, Uh, or the king of the Grizzlies. Okay,
0: now we're just fucking retreading old (laughs) ground. Steve, Steve, kick it off. Nineteen eighties. In the eighties, we must be full of movies. We must know every single one of them.
1: Oh, I thought that until I brought up this list again, yet again, Uh, yet again. Oh God! So go ahead and just skip this episode, folks. You already clicked. You already gave us your listen. That counts. You turn back. Because I'm not sure about most of these. Uh, we are we're definitely not going to talk about most of these, though. We're going to mention... We're going to do... Uh, excuse me. Similar to what we did for the 70s. You know, if it's a live-action film, unless it's a really important one, we're just going to kind of mention the title and move on. We're going to do, like, title and tagline. Is that fair, Bill?
0: That's fair, because these taglines are Always terrible.
1: Always terrible. Okay, so I got my list up. Bill, are you ready? I
0: got my list up here, baby.
1: Woo! Woo! Alright, so as we remember, the last film of the 1970s was The Black Hole, a very weird, terrible, yet kind of interesting live-action film that you should ever watch, because it's not good. Yeah. Uh, So we jump into the 80s. February 8th, they took the month of January off, so maybe Disney's finally slowing down and not releasing more than one movie in a fucking week. <laughs> February eighth, we got Midnight Madness. You got the you got the tagline for me. The most fun you'll ever have in the dark. God damn it, more fucking porn. Eddie Deason's
0: like front and center on this poster.
1: Also, that was Michael J. Fox's film debut. Yeah, guys, did you not did you not know that? And the film is about a group of college students who participate in an all night puzzle solving race. What the fuck is this? Okay, moving on. <laughs> Okay, so now we skip ahead to April. Wow, February, they skip March, they skip January. Okay, so April 17th, 1980, we have The Watcher in the Woods. Tagline, go!
0: I can't read it. Uh, shit. I can it, read it. It was just an innocent game until a young girl vanished for 30 years.
1: For 30 years. So that is a horror film uh, with Beth Davis in it. That's kind of cool. It was, uh... Oh yeah, they were just trying to target more uh, young adult audiences, uh, but apparently it was terrible. It was pulled from theaters after its initial release, and then it was re-released in 1981 after being re-edited. <laughs> That's amazing, actually. That's I kind of want to see. I kind of want to see both versions. Hey, now. that
0: would be another film to toss <laughs> in the list of potential episodes later, so like Scandalous John.
1: Yeah, that, absolutely. Yeah, I'll write that down. I actually, I'm kind of hope if we can find both versions. I'm sure we can. If we can't, then fuck it. It's the
0: internet. Anything's possible.
1: (laughs) Alright, so then on June 25th, 1980, we got Herbie Goes Bananas. I bet I... Oh my god, the poster has Herbie wearing a sombrero. Of course he does. Of
0: course he is. I mean, come on, why wouldn't he?
1: What's the tagline?
0: Yes, we have a bonanza.
1: Moving on. There you Uh, go, folks.
0: It was an easy gig back in the 80s for Danny. (laughs)
1: Also, on June 25th, 1980, The Last Flight of Noah's Ark. What? Okay. Tagline.
0: Lost 2,000 miles at sea in a 10-year-old bomber. Oh, sorry, 40-year-old bomber. Seriously,
1: a 10-year-old is not a big deal at all. I don't understand what these movies are. Oh. Uh, this movie doesn't... Even makes sense. Like apparently some guy just crashes and there so happens to be animals on his on his plane and then they just make it a boat.
0: Huh.
1: Okay. I'm sure there's always people
0: out there that are super into Disney at listening to these episodes and just get pissed that we don't know of these classics.
1: You don't know about the last flight of Noah's Ark. That is by far the greatest production of Noah's Ark, where the boat was in fact a plane.
0: These these classics of celluloid.
1: Well, Truly, but, they
0: are the the vertigo of the
1: time. Well, Disney kind of doubled down in June because then there's nothing in July or August or September or October or November because 1980 is rounded out and ended in, on December 12th of 1980. Co-produced with Paramount Pictures is a movie I legitimately love. That is Robin Williams starring as Popeye the Sailor Man. Um, I remember...
0: I remember there being a lot of singing in the film.
1: There's a lot of singing in that the movie didn't need is, to be there, and the movie is way too long. Uh, Shelley Duvall is perfect as Olive Oil. I thought the movie in general was perfectly casted. It's just there's a lot of singing that doesn't have to be there, and it's really fucking long. And good and, set design. Yeah, the set design's great. The movie looks great. Everything's fun. It's it's a fun movie. It just should have been like 90 minutes long with no singing or what have you. Nope, but just just under two hours. Yep, just under. That's but what hey, whatever. It was a live-action Popeye film. Uh, it was fun. I liked it. If uh, you grew up with Popeye and never knew that there was a live-action movie, which I keep discovering those people exist, which is surprising to me, mm-hmm. uh, you know, check it out. It's it's a fun live-action Popeye film. It's no worse than what the original series was. That's that's fair. Yeah,
0: yeah that's, that's fair. That's all.
1: <laughs> uh, that's it. And it's fucking Robin Williams, who is always a god. Uh. <laughs> All right, so let's. <laughs> what is happening? I I looked ahead to the next film. We're going to. Why
0: would you do that? We're, okay. Talk about.
1: Okay, so now we scoot on into the year in nineteen eighty one. March 6th. we get the devil and Max Devlin, <laughs> starring Bill Cosby as the devil. A new high in being low down. Oh my God, he You're means right. ra- he means rape. That movie
0: well, poster <laughs> looks like it, good lord. Looks like he's going to rape Elliot Gould.
1: Yes, he is.
0: I like uh, everything in retrospect for Bill Cosby is just like more hilarious and terrible.
1: Because uh, he's a terrible human being. The, the worst human being? Fuck that
0: guy. Well, let's just skip this. We're not, not going to talk about it anymore. Well,
1: I will say it's the first Disney film to contain profanity in a non-religious connotation. It has damn and an unfinished son of a bitch in it. Oh, my God. Yep, first ever Disney film to have uh, cursing and a rapist star. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple weeks later, March 20th, we get Amy. She taught them to speak. They taught her to love. And that is, of course, about, uh, I don't know, fucking some blind deaf girl. I don't know. I don't know. I don't fucking These know. old movies, who
0: cares about them? I
1: don't give a Fuck. Uh so then let's move on to June twenty sixth, nineteen eighty one, with the co release production with Paramount Pictures, Dragon Slayer.
0: In the Dark Ages, magic was a weapon, love was a mystery, adventure was everywhere, and dragons were real. I've also actually seen Dragonslayer pretty recently. Yeah, there are tits, and Bush.
1: Uh, Dragonslayer's a I like Dragonslayer. It's rad, know.
0: it's hilarious to see Peter McNichol in like a like semi heroic, like serious role like this. Yeah.
1: Very, very unique and different.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's fun. It's a very fun film. I love, I love the com, like the kind of the, the comedy to it. How he starts off this wizard's apprentice who just like kills himself. Yep. <laughs> because he because he can't knows he can't survive the journey to where this dragon's lair is, and like just at the end of the film is when the apprentice remembers, like real, puts this all together and realizes it. But going into it, it's just ridiculous because you don't expect him just like to blow up so immediately. Yeah. It's uh, so. It's- it's a fun movie, I definitely recommend people checking it out if they haven't seen it. Absolutely. And Find the special effects hold up pretty well.
1: Yeah, though I remember the Dragon Puppets actually looking fantastic.
0: Yeah, and there's good stop motion work other
1: and other stuff too. Awesome. Yeah, check yes. it out. Check out Dragons are our first legitimate solid recommendation for the eighties. But now we actually get to an animated film. Which yes. is only one year in. That's fair. So July 10th, 1981, we get the Fox and the Hound. A story of two friends who didn't know they were supposed to be enemies. It's a movie about racism. And the moral of the story is... (laughs) Well, there is a Red Fox, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) So, I appreciate that uh, Wikipedia calls Fox and the Hound a buddy drama film, which is technically correct, but not how I immediately think of the movie. Like, it's a fucking another lethal weapon movie or something. (laughs) <laughs> yeah <no> shit <laughs> so yeah what do you think about Fox and the Hound Bill uh, it's never been one of my favorites so I don't I, have
0: necessarily a lot to say about
1: it I really don't think it's I've never met anyone who said this was their favorite I've never met anyone that said that they really loved this movie This I don't want to say it's a forgotten Disney film because everyone knows what the Fox and the Hound is but it never really comes up you know what I mean no totally absolutely Uh, Like, everyone everyone knows the fucking Basset Hound and the Fox, and they're adorable, and, you know, a lot of people know that scene. They remember when they were young kids and what have you, or the Fox being abandoned, which is one of the most sad, horrible things I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) But aside from that, I don't remember shit about the movie. I just remember that, like, it seems like the moral of the story is, when you're different, you actually can't be friends. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't
0: that the truth?
1: (laughs) Seriously, like... I don't know, it just doesn't seem like a really great film when I try to think about it. Hmm. Well, there
0: is The Fox and the Hound 2. Which, which, as Wikipedia describes it, is a direct-to-video mid-cool.
1: Yeah, it takes place in the middle, though those are weird. Although it worked for Lion King 1.5, so what the fuck do I know? I don't I know. I, I never saw 1.5. Lion King 1.5 is fantastic. I cannot sing enough praises about that film. Oh. So long as you're going in just expecting a straight comedy. If you're expecting, like, a half comedy, half, like, really substantial film, then you're going to be disappointed. But if you're just like, hey, I kind of want just a fun comedy that doesn't matter, it's fantastic. But we're talking about that. We're talking about this movie nobody cares about. Uh, According to the critical reception, everyone thought it was average. Uh, The most positive review was warm and amusing, but dull. And I think that's pretty fair. Sounds about right. And it was nominated for Best Fantasy Film. And that was pretty much it. It won a Golden Screen Award for the Best Motion Picture uh, Family Enjoyment, and that's pretty much it. There was a Blu-ray disc in 2011 for the film's 30th anniversary, and I bet nobody bought it.
0: Maybe. Who knows? There's... Maybe it sold super good. Now it's in the back in the vault, baby. Now it's a $50, $60 movie.
1: There was five songs in the movie, which was five more songs than I recall. Yeah, I don't
0: remember any, <laughs> any songs being that, but I mean, I'd have to... Just imagine it's an animated Disney film, so I'm sure there's songs
1: in it. But it had a budget of $12 million, and its box office, which I'm sure is uh, of all time, including any re-releases, is at $63.5 million, so it made money, so what the fuck do we know? It's a success, just not as big a success that most Disney animated films are. I definitely feel like, in terms of legacy, The Fox and the Hound is a very small, if any, legacy.
0: I agree. I think I agree with that. I, I mean, someone might come along and... but seeing. At the same time, like, you're more hardcore than I am, and I'm, I'm super casual with Disney movies, and I have no real caring about it. So I, I think that says a lot for its legacy of being very minimal.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And, and like, I mean, I go to uh, Disneyland all the time, and they got merchandise for fucking everything. <laughs> fucking everything. Even Who Framed Roger Rabbit still gets new merch, like, almost every year. Well, it's because it's of Jessica Rabbit. Oh, there's even stuff with just Roger on it. But you're still right. <laughs> um, but I think I've only seen something of the Fox and the Hound themselves maybe a handful of times in all of the years that I've been a Disney fan. Sounds about right. So, yeah. Sorry, Fox and the Hound. They can't all be winners, Disney. They had to put you down. Oh! 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 Dice Man!
0: <laughs> Dice Man cometh.
1: All right, so let's move uh, ahead one month to August 7th, 1981 for Condor Man, oh my God! This poster. I don't think it's as cool as I think it's gonna be.
0: (laughs) An action adventure romantic comedy spy story.
1: That's just a description of the fucking genre. That's not a tagline. Wow, you're really upset. That's horrible. I'm sorry, Bill. I've come to have a certain expectation of these Disney film taglines, yeah, and they've all been awful. Also amazing, and that's just lazy. They've been good-bad now instead of just bad. So, fuck that movie, although that poster, Jesus fucking Christ. Alright, so, uh, that was it for, uh, 1981. Uh, you had five movies. So let's go to 1982. February 5th, we have Night Crossing.
0: I don't even... The East German border,
1: 836
0: miles of barbed wire walls, automated machine guns, armed cars, and deadly landmines. On September 15th, 1979, two families tried to cross it. Night crossing, a true story. Rated PG.
1: <laughs> Rated PG, everything's fine. Uh, it's about uh, you know, families that tried to escape from East Germany to West Germany in a hot air balloon. Uh, seems,
0: seems interesting, I guess. Stars John
1: Hurt, I might check it out. Oh, John Hart's in it, yeah, I'll check it out uh, I bet it has a uh, happy ending uh, Probably doesn't probably In the poster, they're
0: hot air balloons on fires so I'm assuming at the end of the film, they just crash and die
1: That's how hot air balloons work, Bill
0: Oh, there, there's just Like a, like a fucking inferno blowing out the side of it? Yes, they're just engulfed in flames Okay, I mean I, I may, Maybe, I guess uh, Around the World in 80 Days Is a bit off
1: Well, I mean, that's a movie, that's not real
0: But this poster (laughs) is totally legit, dog.
1: Totally legit. Alright, so... uh, That's not the fucking
0: Bat plane on the moon in the background. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Well, Batman helps them. That's why there's a happy ending. Now
0: we can move on (laughs) to the film we can definitely talk a lot about.
1: July 9th, 1982 brought us a really fucking pushing the envelope original, unique film. A fantastic bomb of a movie. It really was. But I love it,
0: Tron. Tron. What, what, what can you say about Tron besides a world inside the computer where man has never been,
1: never before now. Before now. So yeah, let's talk about Tron because this is a film I've we have definitely both seen.
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Uh, Tron is a, you know it's a science fiction film. It stars um, fucking I Jeff just Bridges. thank you. I'm a Bruce fucking,
0: Boxleitner.
1: Bruce Boxleitner. David who,
0: Warner. Cindy Morgan. Barnard Hughes.
1: I mean, between those folks alone, I love the cast of this movie. Um, this movie tried to push a lot of envelopes. There's a lot of amazing effects that were all hand-drawn. Uh, yeah. A lot of great style, a lot of great visuals. Um, great rotoscoping, obviously, of the effects. There was a
0: very itty itty bit of CG in this film, but most of it, people mostly think it, some stuff that is CG is actually just rotoscoping. Yep. And very good road scoping. And even then the, the effects work on to it, making everyone have that blue glow to them is very impressive on how they did that. Super impressive. Just like, by painting shit. painting the cells.
1: Just painting them cell by fucking cell.
0: Yeah, uh Tommy Tallerico, famed uh, video game reviewer and uh composer, has mountains of cells from that movie. Oh fucking. Just framed life. around
1: his house. Mega jealous then, Jesus Christ. Oh yeah. Oh god. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about uh, Tron a bit. How how do you feel about the film? I
0: love the film. I think it's fun. I I think that it has uh, it certainly has a 1982 pacing to
1: it. Yeah, it's a very very slow film.
0: It's moves a little slow. Even then, like I can't ever say like 1982 pacing because there's plenty of films before 1982, and in that. It, Round 1982 That are not That pace that slowly But that's like The best way I can describe it Like an older pacing Yeah Where it kind of goes A little bit too slow sometimes But I, I, I do enjoy the film Quite a bit Obviously Jeff Bridges is always fantastic Especially when he's like Younger Jeff Bridges Playing Just such a Cocky
1: arrogant character This is one of my favorite Jeff Bridges roles
0: Yeah it's a great one And I, I love David Warner a lot
1: and, uh, Oh loved, yeah I love
0: when he gets to play a, I mean most of the time He does play a villain But it, just his role In the film is fantastic
1: Yes and, 'Cause he gets to play two villains.
0: Yeah, he does, for sure.
1: <laughs> two then, swarmy
0: um, villains. What more can you really say about Bruce Boxlightner
1: as Tron? He's so fucking good as Tron. Yeah. So good. So I
0: mean I, I don't know where else I could really say uh, about I mean I don't know how in depth I wanna get, but I, I just really enjoyed the film, it's fun.
1: Uh I generally agree. Uh I uh, the thing that I do dislike about the film the most is the pacing. It's very slow, the plot is not fantastic, it's it's fine. Uh, But it's not, it's nothing special to me. It's actually a pretty straightforward sort of plot where, you know, this is the bad guy, this is the good guy, this is what we have to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it's weird because I always feel like, and we'll get to Tron Legacy, obviously, in the future. But when Tron Legacy came out, a lot of people were saying, like, oh, well, I mean, if you like Tron, you'll like Tron Legacy. But it's just meant for people to like the first Tron. You know, it's not good on its own, and I like strongly disagree because I'm not a huge fan of Tron One, but Tron Legacy is in my top ten films of all time. I think Tron Legacy is better if you like Tron. I do think that. I think if you, especially if you watch
0: Tron, then watch Tron Legacy, I think it's uh, much more enjoyable.
1: I I would say it could it be more enjoyable, but it just people just made it seem like Tron Legacy is only good if you're a big fan of the first movie, and that's what I disagree with. Well, because I, I think Tron I think, Legacy it, it, is better. i don't think that that sentiment is wrong per se because i think
0: especially now years later i think people that like tron legacy are still people who like the franchise in general i don't think that film has a lot of people who super went into tron legacy love tron legacy but still don't like tron i think it i think it's still i think it has become something i'm definitely
1: i'm definitely a rare breed for sure
0: yeah i think i think it's something that now it's it's basically if you're a fan of the fan of the franchise you like tron legacy i don't Especially how people became after Tron Legacy after it was out for a year, like, oh, I, I thought everyone hated that movie, blah, blah, I think, I think now especially, yeah, I think it's really just people who are fans of the franchise, fans of the franchise like Tron Legacy and like Tron. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's something that's going to have tons of wide appeal outside of people that. You either, I think it's going to be one that's like, you either are, like everything or you really don't. Or you could leave it, I guess.
1: And generally, you're probably right. Like I said, I'm probably a rare breed with not really liking Tron, but loving Legacy.
0: Yeah, and I'm not saying that either. Like you can feel one way or the other, but I think if you're you're gonna have to be a fan of the franchise in general if you're really gonna appreciate either or. And I, that, I guess if and that's it that may, kind of that may be fair, yeah. Yeah. I think I I'm just speaking out generals, like on how people generally the general sentiment that the online and people have gave over the years after Tron Legacy's release. And even mm-hmm. with Tron, because Tron was not a, a very successful film by financially.
1: Oh, no. It was made for, uh, what, $10 million? $17 million, and it only made $33 million in the box office. Which, for a Disney film, that's a, that's a bomb.
0: Mm-hmm. And that, you know, and such. And it, even then, that that like, while, while a couple months back we were talking, we were sad that Tron 3 isn't really going anywhere. We still have to be uh, impressed that Tron Legacy even got made at all. Yeah. Considering it was, it was uh, like, 30 years after the release of the first film... The first one didn't do very well. It kind of been forgotten by this point. So I mean, you know, it's you know, I mean, there's a lot to be said about Tron, uh, uh, its interpretation. I like. I think the video game of, of Tron was actually more popular than Tron was probably. Yeah, for sure. You know the um the I recon- oh, was it the Recognizers or is that the, what's the name of the, uh, the
1: space the, paranoids? Is what you're thinking of? Well, um, I know, but
0: the name of the ships that that the um... oh yeah, those are Recognizers. Okay, yeah, like that, those games, like obviously the light, the light Cycle, Light Cycle sequences. Whatever you want to say about the film, the light cycle stuff is what kind of penetrated pop culture and is yeah, referenced let's, all the time.
1: Let's start talking about Tron's legacy. <laughs> 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 um, regardless of its success, Tron has absolutely like pierced pop culture for years. Like I've, I've, I have seen so many shows and like cartoons and movies growing up that referenced Tron before I knew what Tron was. Mm-hmm. And as you said, like there was the video game, which was super fucking popular and years later when there was, like, no word of a another movie ever, they actually wrote and released a Tron 2.0 video game that was a sequel to the movie. Uh, then you finally had the Tron Legacy sequel, full-blown, you know, big-budget film, which did really well, but again, not well enough for fucking Disney. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Tron Legacy video game, you had a bunch of Tron merchandise over the years, both for the classic and the new one. So, uh, in my opinion, I feel that Tron's uh, legacy is very much... Strong and alive.
0: Yeah. And I, you a lot can be said too, because this usually is a case where it could be like the writers of shows are fans of it. Mm-hmm. So they want to make a nod to the thing they like and people just you know know what it's referencing. I think that happens a lot of things. Absolutely. Where you'll just get references to weird
1: stuff. I mean that's fucking like all of all of the seasons of reboot. Yes. <laughs> hey, yeah. why is this episode just Evil Dead 2? Well clearly that's what the writers liked. Yeah,
0: absolutely, exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, if that's Tron, I mean, we could probably, you know, I don't think, think we'll, we'll probably retry some of this when we get to Legacy eventually in a couple months, but. For,
1: for sure. But yeah, it was—it uh, pushed a lot of envelopes. If You've never seen Tron. It's worth seeing just to see what they did in fucking 1982. It's pretty impressive. It's really impressive for no other reason than what they were able to do. It seriously it's, is. And Jeff sure. Bridges is fantastic. And Bruce Boxer is fantastic. And the entire cast is, so just see the movie, okay? See it. To believe it. Alright, so also in July, th- July 30th, 1982, we get Tex, and whoa, that is a twink. I want this poster. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as much as we joked about, like, porn titles and stuff, this poster is like the poster for a, a Disney porn film called Tex. <laughs> his father's gone, his mother's a memory, his brother's moving on, but Tex McCormick isn't giving in. What the fuck does that mean? He's gotta stand up to the man.
1: He's in giving in to Cox. Oh man! He's gonna keep resisting, <laughs> uh, but then he gives in. That's the, Your that's the resistance twist. makes my penis harder. Uh, okay, all the fighting just makes the balloon not tighter. Okay, so then that's it for nineteen eighty two. You had three films, although one of them was Tron, so you are welcome. That's kind of a big release of the year. Yeah, uh, March eleventh, nineteen eighty three, we get Trench Coat.
0: To write a great novel, you have to live a great novel. Too bad Mickey writes murder mysteries. Wow, Mickey, you do some crazy shit.
1: <laughs> you do some crazy shit. Uh, Robert Hayes and Margot Kidder's in it. I mean, that's kind of cool that Robert Hayes is in it. I don't know shit about this fucking movie. Neither do I. Uh, Whatever. I like Robert yep. Hayes, and I'm just sad that he's not in more movies. But at least he was in that. <laughs> yeah. <there> we, yeah <laughs> All right, geez. so April 29th, 1983. Something wicked this way comes Now this is a film I've seen bits of Before and
0: I've been wanting to rewatch it Because I remember it being really good
1: Yeah I agree I've never seen the whole film
0: Uh, So uh, what would you give a man Who could make your deepest Dream come true I don't know like five bucks A couple handy behind the convenience store
1: Oh Oh, yeah if he can make all my dreams come true I will suck his dick there's no question (laughs) I've done less To be in a movie
0: yeah, I've heard. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, by it, this one is a real bomb, but yeah, real bomb. Budget nineteen million dollar budget, only made eight point four million. Woo Tron
1: may, mega success.
0: <laughs> but but from the the poster and things I've heard about it over the years, what I remember like seeing bits and pieces of it over the years, it feels like something I should definitely give a check out.
1: Yeah, I've seen bits and pieces, and it seems like a pretty dark film. Yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, according to Deadline, Disney's kind of thinking about doing a remake of the film. Yeah, I've heard that. Heard that for a while. But, you know, that's that's all I've heard about it, you know? Like, there's been nothing else. Sure, well, I'm going to check out sometime. So if you've seen Something Wicked With This Way Comes, shoot us an email, let us know. Yeah,
0: give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, give us some popcorn shakes, what do you got? Give
1: us the Lights, Camera, Jackson uh, f- uh, film report card. Okay, so October 7th, 1983, we get Never Cry Wolf. Oh God, that poster's so small. Yeah, I'm not reading this one. They thought he couldn't do the job. That's why they chose him. Never cry wolf, a true story. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's Uh, uh Whatever. <laughs> it's about a guy sent to watch caribou uh, because no one has ever seen a wolf car- kill a caribou or something. That's a weird story. Okay, so then in 1984, you get Nothing! Nothing. Not a single Disney film released in 1984. That is the first year in like 40 years or th- at least 30 years that there hasn't been a single Disney film release in an entire year. I don't know what the fuck was happening internally at Disney. Well, even
0: then, a film didn't come out till like late in 1985. Late? Yeah, sorry, mid-1985. I mid-1985.
1: 1985. Wow, yeah. I'm c- really curious what was going up with uh, Disney when it comes to that. Regardless, June 21st, 1985, we get the terrifying return to oz
0: yeah this is a treat of a film i, I don't I, it's been so long since i've watched it all i remember was the wheelies yeah the wheelers the, the wheelers, wheelers. Yeah. those things are fucking terrifying yep and this is set design and everything else in return to oz it's just a oh
1: my god it where... is one of the most horrifying films i've seen in my life Uh, with a lot of, like, like psychological horror, not, like, boo-scared, like, oh my god, this is gonna haunt my dreams and my subconscious tonight. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So, what is the tagline of this horrifying film? Uh, It's an all-new
0: live-action fantasy filled with Disney adventure and magic. Oh my god. (laughs) Uh,
1: It is actually a more faithful adaptation of, like, the book, series, and world. Yeah. Uh, It's much closer. It has some returning... It's... It's, uh, like, it's a ha- It's kind of a sequel? Uh, she's getting- Uh, Dorothy's getting electrotherapy treatments. Because everyone thinks she's fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, she escapes, and then, uh, she wakes up in Oz again. Except everything is fucked. Uh, yep. Everything is terrifying, there's monsters everywhere. Uh, she meets new friends, you know, there's, like, a guy named TikTok. There There's a fucking Jack Pumpkinhead- Just a Jack Skellington prequel. This is his origin. Welcome, (laughs) Hot Topic. Why are they on merchandise for this? Fuck. Uh, It's not nostalgia enough for people. Now it's all about Lilo and Stitch. You're actually completely right. (laughs) Uh, Then there's the gump, and... I don't even remember what the gump is. Uh, But they they run it... There's the fucking terrifying Golem King. There's a chicken that lays eggs, and that's what saves the day... And... Saving the day! Saving the, the day! Uh, Dorothy fucking hands over her... There's a fucking scene where there's a decapitated heads everywhere staring into Dorothy and shit. Yeah, oh my I god, this movie. I, I don't even want to describe every scene to take away the horror from people that have not seen this yet. But god yep. damn. But it ends with uh, Dorothy handing over her ruby slippers, and then she, uh... Goes home because you know electrotherapy swell. I guess I don't know why she wouldn't stay in <laughs> Oz forever. Uh, and they find her family finds her at a riverbank, and she, you find out that the hospital she was being tortured in has been struck by lightning and burnt down, and everyone is dead, and, everyone's and everyone everyone lived
0: up. happily ever after. Yep. Well, this is another financial bomb for Disney.
1: Yeah, budget of twenty eight million, which is a pretty big budget, especially for what they were trying to do. That's a fair budget. Made eleven million. Yep. Um, very mixed reviews when it first came out. Very mixed reviews. Uh, even t- to this day, Rotten Tomatoes has it at 55, percent which is definitely more positive than negative, but very close to, very close to half and half. Right on. Uh, let's, what do you think about this film's uh, legacy? I feel that it is simply a lot of people talk about it, especially now. I feel it's a cult classic. Absolutely, cult classic. Bam. You know, it's not it's not forward in the minds of like uh, general pop culture or the general public. Uh but it is definitely still alive and it definitely has its own fan base. For sure. Totally agree. I think that's pretty much all you can say about Return to Oz. I think that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully we can get uh another Return to Oz too. Yeah, with Johnny Depp and No, with James Franco playing Bruce Campbell.
0: <laughs> I'm the wizard.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, are all wizards from your world loudmouth braggarts? Oh, I I still love that that movie's basically Army of Darkness. It's just Army of Darkness, and I legitimately loved that film because it's just Army of Darkness. Yeah. (laughs) Alright, so, moving on to July 24th, 1985, is the next animated film of the 80s. Five years in, we got two animated films. Disney hitting its roots real strong this decade. You can tell. The Black Cauldron. The Black
0: Cauldron is one of those films that I've never seen, but I feel like I should because it it looks like a film that I would like.
1: Alright, tagline.
0: Hidden by darkness, guarded by witches, discovered by a boy, stolen by a king, whoever owns it will rule the world or destroy
1: it. I like the sub-tagline of seven years in the making. In the celebrated Disney tradition comes our 25th animated motion picture so this movie took 7 years
0: yeah and for a budget of 44 million dollars
1: holy shit uh, so yeah uh, Black Cauldron not great honestly it's interesting and I feel that it's one that is worth seeing like if you have any interest in Disney films at all if you've never seen them before absolutely worth seeing because it's so different and unique of a Disney film it's unlike any other animated Disney film for sure uh, the animation is interesting it's uh very stylistic it kind of, it reminds me of like sort of I think the best description is it's a really high budget Saturday morning cartoon that's fair uh that's kind of what the style and the animation reminds me of but it's like it's higher quality it's not like they it's not cheap they didn't like uh really like overuse horseshit or anything you know what I mean yeah and uh, I don't know there's just it's a I like it on one hand because it's just a straight-up adventure fantasy film. Like, it's Disney making an animated fantasy film. You know, you got a fucking kid saving a princess who's awesome. She's one of the best princesses because she don't give a fuck about anything. She just busts herself out of jail, and fucking everyone talking about Elsa nodding being a man saving her has never talked about this goddamn princess. Well, this movie bombed and it's forgotten. What do you want? It, pretty much. It's just dumb. But whatever. Uh, I mean, I, I like the characters. A couple of them are annoying. A couple of them are good. There's a pig. and That's awesome. Because <laughs> <laughs> I like pigs. Uh, Magic swords. The fucking villain is terrifying, but does nothing. And I think that's, that's, that, that's one of the biggest failings of the film for me, is that the villain is terrifying. He's built up to be like this horrible darkness covering the land. Like, he is sold to us as basically being Sauron. Mm -hmm. and the world is being fucked by him his armies are wiping out kingdoms and we get to his kingdom and it's like a few dozen goblin soldiers and then he is evil as fuck but he doesn't do anything that's intimidating or impressive and then he gets the black cauldron but it fucks up and then the black cauldron kills him and that's the end of the film awesome yeah it's a a very uh, you get really close to coming and then it just doesn't happen in this film. Then
0: someone just, like, smacks your dick.
1: Yeah, that's really what the movie feels like, because there's a lot of great build-up. Like, they go on this, like, great little quest to try to get the cauldron. They run into these three witches, and there's, like, a lot of great dialogue, and, like, there's a lot of great visuals. And then, of course, it's the villain tricking them into getting the cauldron for him, and you call that, but it still works, and it's great. And he gets the cauldron, and everything is hopeless, and just... Everything's fine, because one character kills himself. Which is pretty dark. Nice, but I'll check it out. It's been on my list for a long time, just to to check out. It's worth checking out, but uh, definitely, if folks haven't seen it yet, do not expect anything amazing because it is not. I feel like the idea of the uh, Black Cauldron is better than what the Black Cauldron actually ends up being, because that's how I felt when I finally first saw it.
0: Yeah, that's how apparently audiences felt because we bombed.
1: Yeah, didn't even make
0: back half its budget. Didn't
1: even make back half its budget, and you know what? I kind of understand why. I really, honestly do. Awesome. Uh so uh in terms of legacy, I mean I kinda wanna say cult classic, but even then I think this gets talked about even less than Return to Oz. Probably. Like uh, I like visually I I mean I know like the concept of the Black Cauldron gets mentioned. I know I've probably seen the villain visually in like fan art and stuff like that, but in general I don't think I don't think this movie had a whole lot of last ability. I agree. It was unfortunately just a, a movie that did not deliver on what people probably thought it was going to be, and it did not do well in theaters for a reason, and no one ever ended up caring because the quality just simply wasn't there to begin with. Mm. It wasn't like an overlooked gem. It just wasn't that great, to, period. Yeah. right. I think, I think that's very succinct. Uh, oh, The Horned King was apparently in the Cinderella Castle Mystery Tour in Tokyo Disney from 1986 to 2006.
0: I see so many, like, obscure things that come out of Tokyo Disney.
1: That's, I think that's fantastic. Like, apparently,
0: Bernard, there's a Bernard and uh, Miss Bianca,
1: like, dr- people, like, costume characters that walk around in Tokyo Disney. Yeah. Yeah, apparently, yeah, uh, even, like, some costume characters from the Black Cauldron have sparingly appeared in the Disney theme parks, apparently. I've never seen it, but I believe it. That's funny. So, yeah, uh, Black Cauldron, whatever. Moving yes. on to the, clearly the golden age of Disney films. The Journey oh. of
0: Natty Gann. Oh,
1: my goodness. Uh, that was September 27th, 1985. Give me this. Give me this. Her name is Natty Gann. 2,000 miles of danger separate
0: her from her father. Only, uh, this is so tiny, only love, hope, and courage can help her find him.
1: And also, apparently, that big-ass dog.
0: That dog's gonna eat her face. Shit. We're all diamond dogs. Aw, uh, damn it.
1: John Q. Saxon apparently. Awesome. Let's watch it right now. Okay, let's uh, queue it up. Uh, so yeah, that's a movie. The uh, One Magic Christmas. Okay, I'm interested. So November 22nd, 1985 gets us One Magic Christmas. What's the tagline of this? There's no, uh, Coming this holiday season. <laughs> that is the tagline! <laughs> okay! That's a good fucking tagline. Okay, whatever. Okay, moving on. So now we get into... 1986. Again, mid-1986. Disney is slowing down a bit with their releases, which is probably for the better. Mm -hmm. Although there's less Scandalous John. Where's Scandalous John 2? Yeah, where's that at? so But we get to July 2nd, 1986 with uh, The Great Mouse Detective.
0: Uh, On my pristine list of Disney
1: films I actually really like. The Great Mouse Detective is a whole lot of fun. All new, all fun. (laughs) All new. Well, yeah, it's a new fucking movie. I don't understand that's supposed to be. Uh,
0: sadly, it has been uh, some years since I've watched The Great Mouse Detective, but Basil is still one of my favorite Disney animated characters.
1: Um, the little girl in this film is annoying as shit. Basil is great. Professor Radigan is fucking great. I mean, I, I mean I, this is just straight up Sherlock Holmes with mice. Yes. And that's fine. You know, like, that's not a knock at all. That's just straight up a statement. Uh, and especially because legitimately, literally Sherlock Holmes is in the movie. Yeah, uh, Basil lives in Sherlock Holmes's basement. Yep. Uh so yeah, uh, let's talk about the film a bit. How do How do you feel about the film? Uh, it's been a while
0: since I've watched it, as I said, but I always remember. It's on my. I own the Blu Ray. It's on my list of you know Disney films I actually really like, thus I own it. Um, I remember, I like Basil a lot. I like the you know he's fun. The villain is cool. Um, the film has some very very early CG in it. Yes. Again, Disney always kind of going towards something a little different. Although this film has a lot more of it than uh, Tron did, mm-hmm. um, and it does you know, It holds up, uh, you know, yeah, 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 okay,
1: okay. Yeah, it holds up just okay. I definitely agree on that. You know, it's a fun film. I like it a lot. It's great for kids, but it uh, definitely shown its age a bit.
0: I mean, I, I more mean the CG. I think the film. Oh yeah, is yeah. yeah. I'm
1: talking about the CG as well. I'm sorry. I should have clarified.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, and I, I, yeah, I like the film
1: a lot. I think it's a, a very underappreciated film. Yeah, I think underappreciated is the best description of this movie because it's a it's a quality film. Uh, it made money. You know, budget of fourteen million and it made thirty eight point seven. Critics loved it. You know, I'm looking at you know critical reception. You know, whenever the movie first came out, a whole lot of positive reviews. Two thumbs up from uh, Roger and Ebert. Cisco and Ebert. <laughs> I just said Roger and <laughs> Ebert. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of people liked it, but I definitely feel like it's kind of forgotten about. Yeah. Like, I hear the title, The Great Mouse Detective reference, more than I actually hear Basil reference. You know what I mean? hmm. So, I feel that it's an underappreciated classic. And if you've not seen The Great Mouse Detective, you definitely should. Check it out. See, it's pretty easy to get. And ditto, when it comes to Legacy, we just said it. It's an underappreciated classic. You know, it's a good film that th- it definitely has its fans and people like it, but it doesn't really come up too often in terms of merchandise or more modern uh, representations of it. It has a Blu-ray out, so pick that up. Yeah, pick that up. Fuck yeah, Great Mouse Detective. Hell yeah! Finally a good animated film of the 80s. (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Okay, uh, July 30th, 1986 brought us The Flight of the Navigator. This kid looks high as fuck.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Come along on the greatest adventure of the summer. Now now, Now, we went from a film that no one really talks about to a film that everyone really talks about. I know, right? I don't understand where it came from. I watched I at a VHS if the Navigator I watched a lot when I was a kid, but I didn't really feel like it was that great of a film that I have to have some like nostalgic attachment for, it, besides the fact that uh uh Paul Rubens does some voice work in it. I never liked it. I never liked it either. <laughs> yeah, honestly. like and I agree, oh, the cool. most
1: cool thing was Paul Rubens was in it. I recognized, oh, like, cool. hey, this Pee Wee.
0: Kid gets on a spaceship, disappears, comes back, whoopty fuck.
1: <laughs> whoopty fucking shit. Whatever. So
0: yeah, exactly, I don't give a shit about this movie. So
1: let's move on to the best year, the year I came into existence. And the only film of 1987. So this better be good. June 17th, 1987 brings us Benji the Hunted. And this
0: is the last Benji film, but I don't remember Disney doing any other Benji films.
1: Uh there's a few like back in the 60s, I kind of remember.
0: I don't really. Uh... There was Disney the integral in the in the uh, Benji franchise.
1: Yeah, the Benji franchise. You don't know the fucking Benji franchise? There's like seventeen Benji films, that's not true.
0: I don't think Disney had like nothing to do with any of the other Benji films. No, they didn't. I mean if if Benji if sorry, if, if um Disney released Oh Heavenly Dog, then holy shit, there's some <laughs> some crazy stuff going on.
1: No, that was uh that was Fox. Yeah, clearly Disney like bought the rights to Benji and then kicked up. Like, with it. Yeah. I oh, so was... need to watch
0: Oh Heavenly Dog sometime. I've heard nothing but how batshit insane the fucking movie is. Yeah, me too. But, but uh, Benji the Hunted. This is. It seems like a very dark fucking t- turn for the Benji franchise. <laughs>
1: Seriously.
0: It's, well, it is the last one. No, wait, sorry. There's one more. Ben, Hunt, Benji off the leash.
1: Hunted like the dog he is. That's not actually the tagline. <laughs> All, All right, right. So moving into April fifteenth, nineteen eighty eight, we get Return to Snowy river also known as the man from snowy river 2. his unholy creations (laughs) also known in in the united kingdom as the untamed
0: oh man this poster's hot this
1: poster's hot as fuck (laughs)
0: Horses leaping, women and men kissing, dogs and cats living together.
1: This was also this is also a sequel to a movie released by 20th Century Fox. The Man for the Snowy River 1 is a Fox film. So clearly Disney got, like, six films in some sort of fucking package deal from Fox.
0: Yeah, I gotta get that money.
1: Okay, so if you want to watch a poorly written romantic novel from Disney... <laughs>
0: Sounds like the best.
1: <laughs> just look at this goddamn cover, Jesus! Oh God! Okay, so let's try to finish 1988 with something that's not dog shit. Let's talk about November 18th release, Oliver and Company. It
0: just produces dog shit. Get it? Get it? Oh, dogs. dogs and cats
1: living together. Um,
0: I <sighs> have nothing really to say about, about Oliver and Company. I'll say it right now.
1: You don't like the film.
0: I think I've seen it once. I have no no real memory of Oliver and Company. I feel like I remember more. I think I always mix up Oliver and Company with Aristocats.
1: I think that's fair. A lot of people definitely do that. (laughs) A lot of people do that. Uh, I will say that I like Oliver and Company. I think it's a fun film. Um, I will agree that a lot of the film is certainly forgettable, but the opening of the film is legitimately one of my favorite Disney film openings of all time. It's just a fucking fun top-notch, high-energy song about New York City, sung by goddamn Billy Joel as a cool-ass dog that steals meat. And and it has a kitten in it. He's stealing that meat. Steal that meat, you dirty fucking dog. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I don't know. I think it's a a really fun film. It's got actually a really interesting uh, uh, cast. Uh, Joey Lawrence is Oliver. Fucking Cheech Marin is uh, Chihuahua, of course. Uh, Dom DeLuise is in it. Uh, and he, I like his character because he's just this kind of little like petty thief that steals money in order to feed himself and his dogs. And he's just a good human being, and I like that. A good dog. Uh, Bett Midler is fucking in it as Georgette, and her song is fantastic. Also a great song in the film. Uh, Frank Welker is uh, Old Louie, and you can never go wrong if Frank Welker is in a movie. Nope. Sure can't. <laughs> Uh, I will say that it's as you said. A lot of people confuse Oliver and Company with Aristocats. I know it's
0: still silly because I know they're nothing alike but at all. Brain, but
1: you're totally right. I I run into that a lot with
0: people. Yeah, and my brain is just half pops. You in just
1: there. you combine them because they're both fucking. You know, the star of this movie is a cat.
0: Yeah, they're both kind of musicals involving animals. Yep. Although one film is more like anthropomorphic. So it's just it's just it's funny, and I'm glad I'm not alone in that regard. You're not I, alone. I always feel silly, because I know they are nothing alike, stylistically.
1: (laughs) I will say that Oliver and Company did not do super great financially. I mean, over time it did. Its box office is $74.2 million. But its release weekend, it did poorly, and do you want to know why? came out the same weekend as The Land Before Time. And kids like dinosaurs more than singing Billy Joel Dogs. Yeah,
0: dinosaurs always do well, as
1: Jurassic World proved. Oh, yes. Uh, Which is fine, because that means that was a really good weekend for kids' movies, so... All our Company got mixed reviews you know not everyone loves it you know a lot of people say it's kind of shabby or it's like too slight or it's too like in the middle and stuff Uh, Mm -hmm. personally I honestly think it has a lot of like the old classic Disney charm except it's modernized Uh, it has it has uh, I don't know like 10 songs or less like it might have like 8 or only like 6 I don't know it doesn't have a shit ton of songs it's probably average it's been a little while since I've seen it but I remember liking all the songs in the movie I think that they're all catchy and fun. Especially, again, Once Upon a Time in New York City. Holy shit. <laughs> like, great. Great opening. Awesome. Cool. Uh, so uh, I would definitely su- suggest checking it out. Uh, legacy-wise, though, I don't know. I mean, I see all of our merchandise, and sometimes I see uh, uh, whatever Cheech's dog is. Uh, Tito, oh, the, I think, was the short the, name. Little Cheech. Yeah, little Cheech. Little Cheech. Uh, but that's pretty <laughs> much it. You know, cool. I, I don't think it's just one that people mega remember, but it's definitely on the tip of people's minds, I think, at least. It's it's recent enough that it's not forgotten about, you know? Yeah. So, I, I like it. I'd suggest checking it out if you folks haven't seen it.
0: Cool.
1: I definitely like it more than fucking The Black Cauldron, Fox and the Hound. <laughs> so, let's skip ahead to June 23rd, 1989. The extremely talented Rick Moranis starring in Honey, I shrunk the kids, but more Which importantly, also gave us uh ton of trouble, uh, starring Roger Rabbit.
0: It did. This is one of the one of the films that has a uh, Roger Rabbit short in front of it. Fuck yeah, it does. Uh, and this is the film that, e- if its box office gross, easily made up from all like all of the financial bombs of the past couple years. Yeah, with its uh, massive um, two hundred twenty two million on its eighteen million dollar budget. I, I I like Honey I Shrunk the Kids a lot. I watched it a ton when growing up. Uh, and, uh, Honey, I blew up the kid. And I also even watched the, uh, t- made for TV movie. I watched the television series. Oh, yeah, me too. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm very much familiar with this franchise. Because I also grew up, uh, and even to this day, Rick Moran is one of my favorite actors.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair.
0: Uh, the film's great. And I, if I was going to pick a film that makes the audience instantly care about an insect and instantly cry because an insect dies,
1: boom, this movie. <laughs> yeah, seriously. That poor ant. That poor ant. It, the, the, definitely the saddest version of an ant dying, even more so than the bullshit Antony.
0: Mm-hmm. And I just, I, um, okay, uh, sp- go off memory, uh, one of the things that I always still laugh about is the, uh, next neighbor dad, he's, oh, he's trying to quit, apparently the whole joke is that he's supposed to be quitting smoking, so he always has, like, a pack of cigarettes underneath his hat. Yes. I don't know why, that always makes me laugh. It's funny. <laughs> he's, like, a smushed-up, shitty, like, pack of cigarettes smashed underneath his hat. Yeah. But...
1: But it's it's a fun adventure film. The special effects are fun. The adventure scenes are really cool. It's just a great little idea of like let's shrink you down and then the the your backyard is this massive horrible place death pit. Yeah, sure. seriously, I think it's really fun. For sure, uh, definitely worth checking out if you haven't seen it. And work yeah, yeah. great in it. Yeah, check
0: it out. And so, legacy
1: wise, like these days, it doesn't come up in conversation a lot. But I mean, as you said, there was Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. There was the made for TV movie. It had a TV series. Uh, fucking Owen and Bret Hart was on that TV series. <laughs> I remember that vividly. Oh. Uh, rest in peace. Sorry, out. Owen. Sorry, Owen. Uh, but yeah, great film and made a shit ton of money. Alright, I want to backtrack slightly because technically this was a Buena Vista film. Uh, I mean, like, Touchstone, Amblin Entertainment, Buena Vista distribution. Not really Disney, but I feel like we should talk about it, and that is June 22nd, 1988's release of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. That's
0: a totally fair thing to bring up, I suppose. Uh,
1: I, I'm i not saying that we need to talk about all of the, like, co-produced Touchstone picture. or not saying we need to talk about all the Buena Vista movies. But this one straight up has fucking Mickey Mouse in it. It does. <laughs> so let's talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit briefly, because this is probably my favorite Disney film. If not this, and the Rocketeer is. Uh, just a great fucking movie. It made so much money. $58 million budget. You can see where the money went. And then it made $329 million dollars. It was a great working together. Disney worked with Warner Brothers to get fucking Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, all the Warner Brothers Looney Tunes in the movie, alongside of Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse, and all the fantastic Disney characters. The idea of a Toontown and Toons being real is fantastic. There's so many great set pieces. Bob Hoskins has Eddie Valiant, dear Jesus fucking Christ, perfect casting, amazing, love him in the role, and, of course, Roger Rabbit and Jessica Rabbit, the title characters, some of my favorite characters ever in a disney film period bam there you go i love the movie bill uh just brief thoughts on the film you really said it it's one of my, my probably my
0: favorite film that bob hoskins is in i mean i love i really i really like him in super mario brothers me too
1: <laughs> honestly
0: and a bunch of other stuff but no i think yeah i think him is Eddie. i said right there uh christopher lloyd is also fantastic in mm-hmm. roger rabbit yeah, Christopher Lloyd is so Doom. good
1: as Judge Doom. I love him as Judge Doom. Uh, fun little sure. factoid, and this would be the only thing we mention here as opposed to our planned... Ah, uh, this factoid. Uh, I love the fact that originally Judge Doom was uh, going to be played by... Tim Curry. Tim Curry, the legend. Literally, he was in Legend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by Tim... Nice call. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that's why I was like a big deep breath for the Legend joke. Stepped on it, asshole. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, when you do those breathes, it doesn't know if you don't, I don't know if uh, no, you don't remember the name f- of the actor. That's or... fair, I
1: appreciate you having my back. Um, but no, that was just, but he was originally gonna be Judge Doom and he was cut out of the role because he was too terrifying. And, and Christopher Lloyd was terrifying, so if Christopher Lloyd's terrifying was okay. I don't even want to imagine what Tim Curry's was, you know? God, I wish they had footage of, like, screen
0: tests and stuff. Me too. Just, just just so you could see what that was.
1: And so, uh, legacy-wise, a fucking... Who Framed Red Rabbit still has a bunch of fans, and as I said earlier... It's huge, still it's a huge ha- film. Still has merchandise to this day. Uh, it was considered one of the best films of 1988, period, by all critics. And yeah, great fucking, great fucking movie. But we'll for save... Sure more details for later. I just needed to mention it because I just realized that we skipped it when I saw that we were in 1989. For sure. Fantastic. So let's fast forward back to August 18th, 1989 with Cheetah. Cool. That is just a fucking picture of people hanging out with a cat. Okay.
0: Yeah. The proportions on whoever painted this kind of fucked up.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Give us the tagline. Uh...
0: In the great tradition of Disney's adventure classics comes an all-new family adventure. They just had Cheetah.
1: adventure in it twice.
0: So is Cheetah Girls like a sequel to Cheetah? I hope so. Everyone in this poster looks like they're like from a Mike Judge cartoon. They really do.
1: Yep. <laughs> yep. That that cat just ain't right. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh! <laughs> I zoomed in on the cat's face as soon as you made that sound. <laughs> so I just saw the cat making that sound. Uh, that movie has the phrase "Hakuna Matata" in it. Of course,
0: yeah, Disney ripping off, cannibalizing their own shit.
1: But let's finish out the '80s with what many consider to be the return, like, of Disney's kind of golden age of Disney, like getting back into like really high fucking quality it's animated absolutely
0: films. Absolutely, the beginning of the Disney Renaissance.
1: <laughs> absolutely. So, November seventeenth, nineteen eighty-nine, the release of The Little Mermaid.
0: Somewhere under the sea and beyond your imagination is an adventure in fantasy. What a great poster that fucking is. That's a good poster. I, I think it, the tagline ruins it. I agree. Because <laughs> it breaks it all up. It's very, actually a very artistic, minimalist poster for, for an a, a, a 80s Disney
1: film. Yeah, uh, definitely this movie is given the credit. You know, like, I mean, Who Framed Rabbit was a huge success and everyone loved it. But in terms of pure animation, Little Mermaid has always been given credit for breathing life back into the art of uh, Disney animated films. For sure. Um, so, yeah, I don't think anyone remembers this movie. I don't think uh, anyone yeah, sure. likes it. I
0: mean, I don't, whatever, fuck it. I don't care. Alan Menken, who's that fucking asshole? Fucking nobody. Just kidding, this
1: movie's fucking great.
0: Uh, I, I don't like Little Mermaid.
1: Oh, that's fine. I like it a lot. I do.
0: <laughs> and and I, mean, I love Alan Menken, but I really don't care for his music in this either.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. That's too bad because that's that's I, that...
0: I just can't get into it. Not it's not very memorable for me. Like I just can't like that's how I kind of judge some things like on how much it kind of can stick with me over time. And, and that's I... and we've
1: talked about that. We talked that about that with like um uh the Phantom of the Paradise and Stage Fright. You know versus each other. You know like yeah. I like Stage Fright because I like the music, and you didn't give a shit about the music. And then with Phantom, yeah, I couldn't yeah, exactly. remember the music, and I wasn't a big fan of it. And you were the opposite. So absolutely, especially in a musical, if you don't like the music. That's, like, 70% of the movie. I obviously will not deny at
0: all the uh, animation quality. It's, like, a really... It's obviously a well-made film. The visually Uh, the
1: movie's great. Um, I honestly like the characters. I honestly like Ariel. Because a lot of people, like, sort of make the joke that she gives up her life to be with a man, and I feel like those people just didn't fucking watch the movie. She's just a weeaboo. Yeah, she's a weeaboo! For the land...
0: Yeah. <laughs> um all those weebs you tell me those weebs wouldn't want to fucking just give up everything go marry some some Japanese lady um and live in Japland?
1: Yeah, it's, I, I just hear a lot of people say like, you know, Ariel's like a bad role model or like the the oh, the moral of the story is, you know, give up everything to be with someone you barely know, haha, and like I I feel like the, the actual moral of the story is don't push your children away when you find out who they really are. Follow
0: your dreams. Yeah,
1: I it's I think it's much more of a moral for parents than for the kids
0: i think at face value it's it's fair to say that if, if and it would it would it would be one where you could say yeah but don't say that if it wasn't that a lot of disney animated films of this like do that do that where a woman has to change for the man
1: yeah i mean and i get that it's just like even in the film like even in the film like the reason why she signs the contract isn't for eric like she's a weeaboo for land long before eric eric's just another part of her collection. Eric's just what Eric just what is like Ursula thinks matters, so she makes the contract about her, but Ariel runs away and signs the contract because her father yelled at her and destroyed her collection, you know? Yeah. Like, if that didn't happen, the plot wouldn't happen. It wasn't just because, oh, I saw this boy, so I'm going to sign everything away. And the entire time she's on land, instead of when she should be focusing on making this guy love her, she's fucking combing her hair with a fork and just in love with the fact that she's on land and just exploring, which is great because that's what ends up making her... Get fallen in love with by Eric because you yeah, know totally
0: he, fair. I think yeah, I think you have a totally totally fair point.
1: I think there's just a lot of layers to this film that I feel like a lot of people sort of miss. And mm-hmm. sometimes I'm not sh- like some stuff I get, and other stuff is like it's right there, guys. Like it's right there. Like <laughs> her father destroyed <laughs> yeah. everything. That's why she ran. I don't understand. <laughs> but somebody on the
0: internet made a review video saying, "Oh, you should do sexy smoothie That's pretty much it. That's pretty
1: much it. um This film, I feel, is also the creation of the villain song. Uh, with Ursula's, uh, Poor Unfortunate Souls, which is a great villain song, because she's literally just singing what she's going to do to Ariel the whole time.
0: Uh, exposition dump,
1: ugh, please. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Ursula. Uh, I like Ariel, I like Eric a lot. You know, er- again, like, everyone in fucking modern day is just like, oh, fucking, you know, guys that need to save the girls, stuff like that, and, like, Eric only steps up when literally everyone is fucked. Like he doesn't sure step enough. in it. He's not like he's not saving a damsel in distress. He's just like, oh shit, the king of the seas got fucked. I better help a little bit, and he does, and I appreciated that a lot, especially for the time he period. drive a boat, there, so. Yeah, it's it's fucking awesome.
0: Nice. It's oh, it's like the ending of Jaws for the it's Revenge. It's
1: literally the ending of Jaws for the Revenge. Jaws for the Revenge and is a remake of the Little Mermaid. I don't know if, except in The Little Mermaid, Mario Van Peebles is still dead. <laughs> Unfortunately, so. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, budget forty million and box office, uh, which I guess includes re-releases. I don't know how many times it was re-released. I'm sure at some point.
0: I don't know this. this I, mean, I actually I don't remember it
1: ever being re-released. Actually,
0: I don't either. Um, I don't I'm actually surprised is. that the budget that, that uh, box office is so low. Actually, I'm surprised. It is low,
1: but this is 1989
0: low. I know, but I'm sorry. I'm going to compare it quickly to like Honey, I Shrunk, Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, made yeah. More than this, and it had half the budget. That's true. Uh, so it's rather. I mean, I just, well, just if Rick Moranis funny.
1: was in this movie, it would have made six hundred million dollars.
0: Oh my god, it would have been Star Wars of eighty <laughs> nine. Uh,
1: yeah, but it was made for forty million and it made two hundred million dollars, which is very respectable.
0: Absolutely, it's you know it's a good budget, good return for them. And plus, as we will discuss in our next part of the series, we move on to the nineties. This would just open the floodgates for Disney. Mm-hmm.
1: Fantastic. Uh, but yeah, as a film, I think it's really good. I mean, obviously, Bill's not a big fan because he's not a fan of the music, and that's totally fine. Uh, but even with that in mind, like, visually, the movie's great. Uh, I like King Triton. King Triton's great. He's a...
0: I love, like, badass king characters. Like, I love Reptorn as Zeus and Hercules, and I love King Triton here. <laughs> yeah. Like, that type of stuff always does it for me. Hell
1: yeah. So, cool. Um, so, yeah. Great film. Oh, yeah, it was re-released in 1997 once. 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 Uh, it was... I actually... a uh, Slight side to this. I remember when Disney was uh, re released it, they're re-releasing their 3D Blu-rays, okay? And they yeah. kept on re-releasing the movies into theaters for like one week or two weeks. So they did it with Beauty and the Beast. That came out of theaters. 3D Blu-ray. And then Lion King 3D Blu-ray and re releasing in the theaters for two weeks. And I saw both of them and they were great to see in theaters again. And they kept announcing Little Mermaid. And they had trailers for the Little Mermaid. And then they just never fucking released it.
0: I think... They released it on
1: Blu-ray. No, they did the Blu-ray. I mean, they didn't do the theatrical... Oh, they didn't do the theatrical. Yeah, and they had gotcha. full trailers in theaters for, like, months, and they just didn't fucking do it with no... There was, like, never a press release. There was never, like, oh, hey, you know, we looked at it and we just felt like the numbers of The Lion King and Beauty and the Beast weren't enough to justify this, so we aren't doing The Little Mermaid. It was just... They ignored it. Well, they it. were... Uh, and spe- similarly, they were pretty adamant about
0: doing the 3D Star Wars re-releases, but then Phantom Menace did so poorly that they just kind of went, no, we're not, not going to do that. Yeah. Only.
1: Well, unfortunately, they also started with The Phantom Menace. And all Although I don't think that's the worst prequel film. Uh, they probably should have started with A New Hope or something.
0: In the public's eye, it is the worst
1: one. It, it really is, and it's it's a little unfair. A little. Well,
0: I mean, that, it was the one that like, was the first one to come out yep. and really shatter everybody. Absolutely
1: agreed. So. Uh, so, yeah, nominated for a bunch of awards. Everyone, you know, a lot of good reviews, a lot of critical reception. Legacy-wise, super strong. You know, sure. uh, Ariel is still one of the top official, like, mermaid, uh, yeah, mermaids, fuck you, Uh, Disney Disney princesses, of the, like, official Disney princesses, because there's been, like, dozens, but there's only, like, seven that are, that Nick Fury walked up to in address and said, I want to talk to you about the princess initiative, (laughs) Uh, I want to make that movie now, (laughs) Uh, and she's on that, Uh, and, yeah, merchandise still to this day, every year there's new Little Mermaid merchandise, every fucking year, and she's in the park, she's fucking everywhere And new ride, you know, just came out like a few years back And it's probably the best dark ride Only because it was made now <laughs> So it has like the best technology Still no cool. still no, Mr. Toad's Wild ride, I admit <laughs> You do not go to hell on the Little Mermaid ride Fair enough uh, I mean, how do you feel about the Legacy, Bill? Oh, you said,
0: it. I mean, you really said everything I don't have anything to add on that regard. Yeah, it's huge, it's fucking Little Mermaid
1: Yep and, and and deservedly so, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I, mean, I think it's fair. I think the fair people like it. Yeah, it's you're not just not a fan. Bad. Absolutely. And as we've always said, there's nothing wrong with that.
0: For sure. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Well, uh, the 1980s have been a grand old time. Man, what
1: a weird decade.
0: Yeah. Started off slow. Ended strong.
1: It ended really strong. Definitely a better decade than the fucking 70s were.
0: 70s, well, I mean, there's a lot of money being made in the 70s, but not necessarily quality. Yeah. So, as we wrap that up, uh, as always, guys, uh, if you have any opinions about what we said, or if you want to let us know, if there's any like particular film in this decade that we missed you want to tell us about, say, hey, guys, what are you doing? Condor Man.
1: Woo! <laughs> Condor Man, you thought Birdman was good? Get that shit out of my face.
0: This is the best picture right here. It was snubbed at the, uh, at the Oscars. Check it out. Snubbed. Uh, you can get in touch with us at uh, our email account at moviefilmsbillandsteen at com. There's of course always our Tumblr where all the episodes are listed. You can go on there and check them out. There's some cool little hashtags so if you want to find out every time we talk about Puppet Master or or the Di- Wonderful World of Disney, you can just click on those, take you all over the place at the Movie Films of Bill and Steve. Tumblr.com. We are, of course, also on iTunes, where you can subscribe not miss a single episode of Movie Films of Bill and Steve. Just uh, search for Movie Films of Bill and Steve. There's also a link to that on our Tumblr if you want to try and find it there. And if you want to get on Facebook, give us a like, never miss a ch- time when we update. You can find us at Movie Films of Bill and Steve there as well. And if you'd like to uh, find me on the Twitter machine, I am at Level Bill
1: and of course please check out my films www.silverspotlightfilms.com and facebook.com slash silverspotlightfilms check out the updates, check out the pics I'm posting I'll probably post a few more raw screenshots from the Survivor shoots uh, this upcoming week, just kind of busy with a whole bunch of other stuff in the meantime but I'd like to try to get something up to update the folks that have given some cash have not started editing the, f- editing the film yet but I will be doing that in December sounds pretty fantastic it is Well, as always, guys, I've been Bill. I've been Steve. Yes, we have a bonanza. (laughs) Fucking sombrero on a car.